faces and places. Podcast. Hello everyone, it's Faces and Places podcast and welcome. That's the podcast where we're telling you inspiring stories of interesting people. And our today guest is amazing Amalia. She's a jewelry maker and today we will get to know the story how she became a jewelry maker. Okay, so I think we can start our podcast. Uh, first of all, I'm really glad that you agreed for that. And oh, um, thank you. I mean, wh- when I choose like guests for the podcast, uh, I'm just trying to catch the vibe like from the Instagram. And um, basically, I've just seen the advertisement. Uh, mm-hmm. Algorithms wor- like worked very well, <laughs> so like mm-hmm. I've seen the advertisements from from your Instagram, and I, I just I just catch that vibe because I'm also a big fan of jewelry stuff, uh, and uh, and then I've decided like to text you um, and invite you oh. to be our guest. Thank so you. yeah, thanks thanks again. Uh, Thank and you. I can see an amazing jewelry now on you. It looks amazing. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I don't even notice it. It's just, you know, I wear it all the time. Only rings. I take my rings off um, because sometimes they're too big, but everything else I wear all the time. Wow. So where, where are you from? You're from Russia? Uh, no, uh, I'm from Belarus. Uh, ah, Belarus. But I live in Poland and now I'm doing my Erasmus in Turkey. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a bit How long have you been in Turkey? Uh, basically, it's my second month already. Uh-huh. How do you yeah. like it? Uh, it's very cool, very interesting. I'm not sure if I, uh, if I can live here, for example, f- forever. Uh, What's the place that you stay in? What's? Uh, I live in Eskishehir. In, and where is that? Um, it's like three hours from from Istanbul. It's, is it on the coast or is it more towards east of Turkey? Uh, it's more north. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so What's the weather like today? It's one degree and it, there is a snow. <gasps> no. Yes. <laughs> today is so sunny and that's why I told you earlier, can we do it at 11 o'clock <laughs> so I can leave <laughs> and make most of the sunshine? <laughs> Yeah, like you, because, I mean, now there is some sunshine, but two days ago the weather was like 15 degrees, and mm-hmm. then suddenly uh, on Wednesday it was like three degrees or like even two, and it was snowy, so I'm pretty surprised with the weather. <laughs> yeah, here also has been changing a lot in Istanbul. It's been sunny and rainy, and because I think it's changing now, it's going to be... When I leave Istanbul, I'm sure it's going to be so warm. <laughs> Could you tell more about to our followers, to people who are listening to your followers as well? Because I think they don't know a lot of information about you. So yeah. like, where are you from? Uh, what's your background and where do you live now? So start with the last. <laughs> now I live in, in England. Uh, I live in uh, a little a city town called Bournemouth on the south of England. Um, been there for 
a long time, <laughs> nine years now. Uh, but uh, I'm originally from, uh, well, I'm, I'm born in Macedonia. Now it's called North Macedonia. Um, I ca come from a very mixed background. Um, my mom, uh, she's Iranian. Well, she's, she's, she's born in Iran. Um, her dad, my granddad, he's Azari, Azerbaijan, and Iranian. My grandmother, uh, she's Iranian, Armenian. Um, and yeah, and my, my dad is, is Macedonian. They met in Iran and then they fell in love, got married, and then they moved to, to Macedonia. Um, I've also lived a little bit in Istanbul, so I've been, yeah. <laughs> A person in of Iran. the world. I forgot, yeah, I lived in Iran, uh, yeah. And then I, about nine years ago, I moved to, to England. Wow, that's awesome. Like such, such a mixed blood, yeah? Yes, very mixed. <laughs> uh, I, I remember you also did your DNA, t uh, DNA test, right? You, yes. You, you showed that on yes. Instagram. Uh, yes. And you said that you inspired also by ancient Silk Road and Istanbul. Yes, that's where I get most of my inspiration from. Um, it's the nostalgic feeling. What you get inspired most is, I think, memories from childhood. So where, where I grew up and um, the places I've visited, it's always, and it's also coming from such a mixed background, we always have a feeling of uh, longing, like you miss your family that lives in a different part of the world. So it's always that feeling when you miss something so much that makes you, uh, like, uh, that's how I poured into my jewelry. So I, all the little things that remind me of where I grew up, of the little, little symbolic things, it's we are what I put into my jewelry. Yeah, it's it's amazing to use art, to use creativity, and to put it in some some way, as as you said, yes. when you miss something or like when there is something inside and you just explode it, you just put it on on something, and yes. I think people around also can feel it much more, much stronger. Mm. Yes, I, it's always for me um, very nice and surprising that because when I started making jewelry, uh, I made pieces of jewelry that I personally loved and I was never driven. Is this going to sell? Is this... I have never even... I've never attended any business... Well, well I, I don't even know what they're called. <laughs> not meetings but like courses or it's I've always uh, followed everything has been intuitively um, so I've never set out to, to sell jewelry it's always I love this piece I'm just going to put it out there this is a it's a personal journey so and every single piece is created um, like that it just it tells my my personal um, my personal journey because uh, like my, my second question was how did how did you know that you want to do this job basically you gave the answer that it was very intuitive right yes yes very intuitive uh, and like i said it's the wh where i grew up um i i don't know if it's the same in in uh, belarus um but like in our countries um everything is driven by like tradition. Uh, everything is like um, handed down 
from our ancestors, like um, wisdoms and ways of life, and um, and also ways of living, like crafts, for example. So it's very prevalent in um, where where I, I from where. So if you, um, I don't know, have you been to Istanbul? I'm pretty sure where yes, we are yes. in, in Turkey as well. If you walk around it. A lot of shops you will see inside artisans making crafts, making things. So for me, that fills me with so much joy when I see artisans. They have their things, uh, their uh, work on a display and then on the back you can hear hammer, hammering their the work and they're making their, their stuff. So I, I personally love that so much. Um, and that in Iran, that is, you can see that everywhere. Um, so for me, seeing that, seeing something made by hand had so much more value and I, w I was fascinated by that. And when I was living in um, Macedonia, there was one tiny little shop uh, that was Indian um, and I went inside and everything was handmade and I felt like magic inside and I was like, wow. I would love to know how they make jewelry. I would love to learn um, this craft. And so d yeah, did one you thing learn it? Another... Mm -hmm. Sorry. So sorry. Yeah, did you learn it like when you was a t teenager or oh, when when the story started? Yes. A, a bit older. No, it, it wasn't. I mean, I don't know what it's like in Belarus, but where I grew up. You kind of, uh, I think maybe things have changed now, but when I grew up, unless you, they, they tell you, your parents, your society and everything, that you pretty much can't make a living of your hobby and of your dreams. You have to follow a certain path, you have to follow a career, finish your university, get an office job, and that's the only way you can make a living. So your dreams, are for dreaming <laughs> a reality is a totally different thing so when it's so uh, ingrained in you that that's the only way you're going to make a living you just follow that path so i did follow the normal uh, route and i did work an office job but i was very deeply deeply unhappy um I felt like in a cage uh, i mean i'm sure a lot of people are content with that type of job, like my sister, for example, she she could never do what I'm doing. So she she likes the kind of corporate life. She likes the dressing up for office, going to office, which I understand. But for someone that is creative, <laughs> I think that's a really can be really difficult thing to do. It kind of he get this suffocating feeling. I can't even explain it. I'm so happy I'm out of that. <laughs> I mean, you explain it hundred percent, resonating with uh, with what I'm thinking and what I'm mm -hmm. feeling, and also that's the reason why we're doing that podcast and why we're doing the podcast with people who are a bit out of box and who who gain the success, which it's kind of also like very subjective words right what exactly. is success yes but yes. who gain the success and who really enjoy life doing what they feel to do what they want to do so yeah thanks yeah. for sharing with your feelings it's <laughs> it's very important and uh so wh where did you learn that uh, wasn't that indian shop 
No, so that in the Indian shop, that was when I was um, in my early uh, teens, and that was just just a wish, and it just stayed there, a little dream on the back of my head. Um, but it wasn't until I think I got in a when I was living in England a few years ago, I got when I was doing an office job. Obviously, I come from a country where the weather is really nice, so I'm used to kind of like a Mediterranean type of climate. It's what I strive in. And I was living in England, it was winter. Um, I was working an office job, and for me, it was kind of rock bottom. And I was like, it can't get lower than this. I have to make, I have to make a drastic um, decision now because otherwise I can't continue this. So I just made a, I, I wasn't even thinking, I just, I was just like, what makes me happy? Istanbul makes me happy. It always has. So I was like, I'm just going to book a plane ticket. I booked a plane ticket and I just went and I just, yeah, I, I have many friends here. I've got cousins that live here. So I, I kind of, yeah, find a, um, it's not a course, a jewelry course, but it's kind of like a workshop where they teach how, you, how to make jewelry. It's it's like a school, like a jewelry school, and so I I went and I went I went there and went to learn how to make jewelry basically. So yeah, that was my my journey into how to make jewelry. Awesome. So everything starts from Silk Valley, right? Yes. <laughs> All the roads are bringing to to Istanbul. Yeah, and in Istanbul, that's right, and that's. <laughs> I think that's where the Silk Road ended also. Or was it in Venice? I can't remember. It could be both. Yeah, I'm also not sure, honestly. <laughs> you were mentioning that you didn't follow the business idea or something. And I've got a question. What does it mean to be a craftswoman in the age of mass market and artificial intelligence when everyone can buy the cheap jewelry uh, and handcrafts are... I, I don't know, like for me it's kind of popular, but I think overall, you know, uh, maybe it's not that popular. So what, what does it mean for you being a craftswoman in, in that age? <laughs> not age, but in that time. Yeah, I never really put thought into that side of things because it's not my world at all. So I don't follow that world and I don't know that much about artificial intelligence and that like mass production I have never been drawn to that I know it's out there wherever you go outside you can see it um, and obviously the adverts but it just never captures my mind so I never used to buy that type of jewelry so what I uh, make is I don't know much about that so it's not yeah I don't know <laughs> Okay, that's also, I can also consider it as an answer because I also feel that at the at the time of artificial intelligence and mass market, at the same way, such authentic things are very, very popular as well because people want to be different and that's what's making them different, right? Yeah, could be, could be. And I do have a sense that in the last few years, the handmade market, I suppose, is growing a lot. Uh, people are becoming more conscious and they're willing to invest more and also wait. 
which I, when I first started Amalia, I never thought that, because like you said, everything is fast paced, people are buying this like in instant pieces. I never thought that people would be willing to wait for the jewelry to be handmade and then for it to arrive. Like my jewelry takes me roughly sometimes more than eight weeks to be handmade and people, customers are willing to wait and for me that's amazing that's i'm forever grateful for that that's they're still willing to buy and wait and they're, they're happy to wait so yeah i think the um things are shifting towards more conscious buying for sure yeah i agree how does the process look like which metals are you using it's mostly silver yeah so everything is i only work with sterling silver and precious and semi-precious stones i source most of it in turkey uh, i work with the family the lapis lazuli particularly and probably the turquoise i they work with families that basically um source the lapis lazuli yeah everything is kind of in clo close contact so i know where everything comes from which is really good so yeah everything is sterling silver and yeah stones are yeah lapis lazuli my favorite <laughs> it's the name of the stone right yes yes the blue one this one that oh wow it wearing. looks amazing probably can't see it maybe too well yeah i can yeah. see that there is something on on the ring as well right yeah uh, it's engraving uh of a ship Maybe. Oh my god, this looks amazing. <laughs> It's making me <laughs> upset because <laughs> I'm I'm a ring lover as well. And yeah. I can't, now I can't imagine my hands without rings. When I do something, I have to have rings on my hands. You wear silver as well. Yes, I I'm a silver person. I I th I feel that I didn't maybe grow up for gold yet or it's just not not my metal. Yeah, I do like gold, to be honest. I think I, well, I, I prefer silver now. I mean, I'm changing. <laughs> one day I'm like, I love gold, one day silver. But yeah, I, I'm both gold and silver. I like both. And uh, how long, by the way, does it uh, take an, like to make an average ring? Depends. Depends on each piece it's, it's different. So, for example, this one. This part is carved from wax. Then you have to send the wax uh, to a place where they will um, turn into silver, um, silver ring. Then that one comes back to me, and then I will have to set the stone. So it's 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 a process. It's quite a slow uh, process that it requires it requires a time. Some pieces are quite simple. Um, the most simple piece can be maybe half an hour to an hour to be made but it's also the steps of like once you finish a piece then comes the polishing part for me the polishing part I think is the most hard because um, I mean it's easy but you polish it and then you're thinking oh it's done and then you clean it and then you notice little scratches and then you go back and then you polish again and then you clean it and then ah oh, have to go back again so it's a quite a long process to from start to finish it takes quite a bit of time so okay yeah 
How, by the way, did you start to promote yourself and how do you usually promote your craft? Is it only like via Instagram or...? To be honest, I'm really bad at <laughs> promotion or anything to do with promoting um, jewelry. Um, I only do it via ad. Um, because uh, I'm quite an introvert person to people that they don't know me. Um, so I'm not really comfortable pushing my jewelry and advertising. And so I'm so happy that there is a feature on Instagram where you can just press ad. <laughs> so that's the only way I've been um, making my jewelry reach the audience. But I would like to explore more, like giveaways and stuff like that. But it's, yeah, it's only via, via Instagram ads so far. So being an introvert, uh, is it a reason because uh, why you are not showing your face uh, on social medias? That is a partly a reason, but also I would like people to have imagination of not put a face on Amalia. I want everyone to be able to associate themselves with the jewelry. So that's why if you see it, scroll on my Instagram, you will not see a model in my pictures. The only model has been my mom and no one else because I would like everyone to be able to picture themselves with the jewelry. So I don't want to put a face. Uh, that, that has always been the reason uh, why I, I've never put my, my face on. Or, or the models for that reason. Well, honestly, it's it's an amazing idea that everyone can can be a part of it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's... I, the reason why I've done that is because if, for example, when I'm looking at other Instagram pages and for, whether it's a clothing brand or, or a jewelry and I see all these different models, sometimes I don't associate myself with them so I can't really think of how that would look on me. But if there is no face, you can use more your imagination and you can picture yourself with those items. That's, that's just how I see it. Wow. But I'm maybe a, I'm, I'm totally a... wrong, <laughs> but that's just how I feel. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I already want to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and basically the last question, is this business is profitable? or it took time, for example, to, to become profitable? Uh, the first year, I would say um, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, I was b barely making any sales. Uh, I was still working an office job. And I remember it would took two to three months uh, to sell one piece of jewelry. And I remember I was thinking to myself, Maybe my jewelry is too niche. Maybe it's too um, not different, but people can't associate themselves. And then I, I had moments of doubts where I was thinking, oh, maybe I should make a jewelry that is more trendy. Because if I want to make a living of my hobby, maybe I should start following that uh, route. But I'm so happy I didn't. I just, I did down believe well I loved what I was making so I, I thought to myself I rather make what I love and then if I don't make a living out of it so be it at least what I'm making it's it's what I enjoy and then COVID hit and I was able to focus fully on my jewelry and that's when the turnaround turn happened for me 
where yeah it started becoming profitable so now I'm yeah I'm making yeah a living out of it and not just myself and other artisans that I work with luckily wow so after after this the things you've said maybe you can also just say what you feel like about maybe you just can give an advice like how you feel about when you like doing something but for example you don't get the profits like for for people who are struggling what what to do in in their life should they follow their dream or i would say definitely because if you have that desire i think there there is a reason why you have that desire inside so don't bury it i would my biggest advice would be and this is just personally don't ever go for the financial gain i think that's where you will lose if you think of it just i want to gain financially i personally don't think it will last or it might last obviously there are businesses that strive but i'm not sure if they're happy because the, at the end of the day what every one of us wants is to be happy and fulfilled and to have a purpose and if you're just uh, chasing that um financial freedom and just just money side of things i always say to my f- friends uh, what are you going to do with all that money going to take to grave with you you just have to enjoy the life now and you, even if it doesn't bring you so much money but at the moment it makes you happy you are living life however you want you spending time with your friends and family also that is very important i will see like other brands um grow much quicker or have uh, gone gone further than than uh, amelia but i always think what have they sacrificed and am i willing to sacrifice that because for me spending time with my friends and family is a very big part i i'm uh, i'm not willing to uh, sacrifice that for more money and that just that just how I, how I see it because at the end their life is too short and yeah and you just have to see what matters most to you well wow. it's such an amazing advice <laughs> i'm <laughs> i mean it's it's completely resonating with me and i'm almost like crying so <laughs> thanks thanks a lot for what you said i think it's it didn't touch only my soul but uh, the soul of listeners because no. uh, <laughs> hopefully <laughs> it was really something what for example i needed to hear because i'm on the points now where, where uh, i'm becoming so sensitive but where i'm trying to focus on money because i think that's like it will give me more happiness but at the same time i understand that's no it's not like that basically i don't know interviewing people and creating something that's what really give me happiness and exactly you should just follow yeah. i think you should just follow that and everything else will fall into place you might not know how you might not not see the full picture i definitely and i'm still can't see the full picture head but um just one step at a time just follow your intuition do what feels right and things will fall into place thanks a lot for listening to this podcast don't forget to follow us on spotify youtube instagram for more inspiring content at podcast and hope to hear you very soon bye bye
basis 